as always, this episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros for the pros. With six different models to choose, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code JG25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Set GK. It all starts with your set. Okay, here we are. Jill, thanks for joining me at the convention this morning. Super pumped, Jesse. Great. So, Jill, um, as the owner of the Keeper Institute, the Great Keeper Institute in, in New Jersey, um, you know, you train a lot of keepers on a daily basis. So, first off, you know, how many keepers would you say you train per day, per month, per year, <laughs> out of season, if you know? <laughs> oh, gosh, I have no idea. It's too yeah. many to keep uh, yeah. track of in my head. But I probably see about between three and five goalkeepers a day on an individual right. basis, and sometimes we have some group classes. Right. So... Being that you see so many different keepers, obviously every goalkeeping is going to have their quote-unquote style, their, their style of play. You know, how do you start to develop relationships with the tons of keepers that come in day in and day out in the group classes especially? You know, how do you kind of build and keep the, the lower levels with the higher level in, you know, in, in that environment? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the culture that we've designed. Um, like, for example, when a student will come through the door, the first thing we do is greet them. Right. I mean, it seems simple really simple, that, yeah. mm. but hi, how are you? How was your day? Mm. Looking forward to working with you today. Um, we do stuff with arrival questions. So on our whiteboard, okay. um, there's two questions that we want uh, the athletes to answer to get them thinking, kind mm. of like how mm. you warm up your right. body, you warm up your brain. And then we go through and we talk about it and we make sure that each player has voice equity in the group, so we don't just ask the players who have their hands up and it's like, ooh, ooh, ask me, right. ask me. Um, we make sure that even the quiet players have a voice in our session and that they can um, say what they think mm -hmm. and be respected for their opinions. Um, in training, the same thing. We The way that we coach is by asking a lot of questions. So after a set, we might say, um, take 10 seconds, think about what went well and what you would change. I'm going to call on somebody when we're done. And everybody's thinking because right. if you get yeah. called on, <laughs> you, you want to have an answer, yeah. right? Um, so just making sure that we spread out and allow everyone to have a voice in the session so that they can feel seen, um, that they can be heard. And we make sure that our environment is, is very safe and supportive. Right. Love it. So I think a lot of coaches struggle with this, and I know I know I myself have struggled with it. You know, how would you, if you have a group of, let's say, eight goalkeepers, how do you make sure that the, you know, quote-unquote, I don't want to say worse, but, you know, mm -hmm. the lowest level, the lowest level of ability matches up to the highest level of ability. You know, how do you make sure you bring everyone together so that person doesn't feel left out and kind of left at the bottom? Yeah, so uh, we try to structure our group training sessions to be as skill-specific as possible. So not as age-specific, right. um, but as skill-specific. So everyone's kind of in that, like, comfortable area right. of like the same skill um so we usually do one coach for every six goalkeepers and we make sure that i think our coaching behaviors align with um what we want to get out of the session so for example if maybe one of the better players needs some feedback we might just say it in the run of play because right. maybe mm. they're just a little bit more advanced than everyone else and that feedback doesn't apply to everyone right where the same thing at the other spectrum as well. It's like we might just let the exercise keep going and just say, um, 
hey, Jesse, make sure you keep your shoulders forward on right. that next one. But the, the play is still happening because the group doesn't need to be stopped in right. order to hear that one piece of feedback. But if everybody is struggling with something, we will stop the whole exercise and say, all right, what's, go, what's hard right now and how can we adjust? And maybe you and I talk about it and I'll say, turn and talk to your partner and you have 20 seconds to figure it out. Ask some questions. We get that to the answer. And now the coach maybe gives their feedback um, yeah. and allows the whole group to hear that because the whole group needs to hear that. Right. So I think it's a, it's about timing of your feedback and when you give it and how you give it. Do you give it in a group setting? Do you give it in an individual setting? Mm -hmm. And do do build that feedback? Like do you encourage other goalkeepers? Because you did, did just mention, you know, turn to your partner and discuss it. Do you encourage other goalkeepers to give that feedback to other goalkeepers or do you kind of want to just keep it don't you know don't say anything in case it's the wrong thing <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know everything our yeah. coaching staff doesn't know everything we don't see everything from the same vantage points that the goalkeepers do yeah. and so we highly encourage we think of um if we're in a group of six and there's one goalkeeper in goal the other five goalkeepers are co-coaches right there are mm -hmm. co-coaches they can see they know each other really well um it encourages them to to be leaders in the group and it's their session right mm. it's not about me it's their development it's yeah. yeah it's their session and we want them to create um, a safe space where they can all have a voice but I think it's important as the teacher to stop and say what do you think right because now I know what you mm. are thinking now I know what you know and what you don't know right and if you're maybe you're turning and talking to your partner and you're saying something that isn't correct I can say you know thanks for what you see and I agree with some parts but I would maybe think about this a little bit different mm. so now I get to see what you're thinking right. about so and if you don't know then I also know that you don't no. know right so what if I'm a shy goalkeeper and I don't want to tell you what I'm thinking because I don't want to you know feel quote-unquote stupid I don't want to feel like I'm wrong so mm -hmm. how do you know how do you kind of cultivate that relationship to make him or her feel comfortable in that environment yeah we have a we work with a lot of kids who are yeah quieter right. and that's okay that's your personality and if you are a little bit quieter that's fine but um, when you step on the field then there are certain things that are non-negotiables like mm. communicating with your team right. you could be a quiet goalkeeper but still have a great presence right. and great communication on the field mm. um, so I think the most important thing is is that we really encourage our kids and we tell them before sessions we're stretching you we're going to make it difficult. Love this it. is yeah. going to be hard. It will be messy. You will be <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. And we kind of lay the groundwork of that. And they hopefully then become more comfortable with making those mistakes mm. and being wrong. Yeah. Um, because the environment's safe. We're all making mistakes. Right. But we're all there to help each other. Right. No, I love that. It's just you're kind of breaking out of their comfort zone. Because it's, you know, if, if, you don't, if you do it now at a young age, it's only going to help you moving forward because, you know, we see goalkeepers all the time at the next level. You know, they're still kind of scared and nervous because mm -hmm. maybe they have a, an older presence in front of them mm -hmm. who, you know, can kind of manipulate and control the environment so where they take a step back. So that's, um, that's, an, that's a really cool point that, that you guys do. Yeah, I think also as well to allow space for everyone to have an opinion right. and for everyone to walk away feeling good about themselves. We don't just praise great plays. Like, we right. don't just say, like, great job to, to the best goalkeeper in the class who's making the best saves. We praise, like, bravery. Like, mm. Jesse, really good job. Like, it didn't come off, but the idea's there. Right. Try it again. Right. And I think um, 
for us, it's it's not just about the outcome. It's about steps forward and small little victories, right. even if the outcome doesn't match with what you want. It's, it's almost just like kind of building habits too. You know, you're built. You're by praising the the right behavior. Right. You know, you're you're cueing that habit and the reward right. because it's like, oh, if I do this right, um, you know, we're, I'm going to get rewarded right. eventually. You know, maybe not every time, and maybe that's just the way it is. But um, how important is, do you watch film with? With your goalkeepers and like when do you kind of start that process and getting them to understand more of a, a tactical side of the game yeah so one of the benefits that came out of COVID was that um we weren't really able to do our film at our facility anymore right so we started to do them on zoom mm -hmm. before class so we on sunday nights would get together at 5 p.m all of our programmers it's like between 60 and 75 oh, wow. athletes. And we would get together on Zoom and we would go over what are we learning this week. Right. So we're laying the foundation on Sunday. Then maybe you come to training on Wednesday. Through your arrival questions, we're recalling what we learned. Uh, and then we're reinforcing that within the session and then when you go home we might give you homework like hey try this one time at training this week or right. mm -hmm. describe to your parents what um, changing the angle of support means so that mm -hmm. they're recalling um, as much as possible and hopefully that will encode a long-term memory instead right. of just forgetting right hopefully it doesn't feel like schoolwork either right it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's fun fun homework right right, right. Um, so you also work with a whole bunch of professionals mm -hmm. um, you know what is that environment like and how do you build again same thing you know the trust from because now you're you're talking about a livelihood instead of maybe more just a fun game so now you're talking working with pros you know how do you build that environment to where they can trust you um, with their careers essentially yeah I think with pros it's a little bit different um, I think the the first thing that will get you respect when working with pros is how can you help them right right <laughs> every professional just wants to be the best player that they mm. can be and so if you give them something that they can take and apply to their game right away and, and improve upon they trust you after right. that and, and with our pros, I try to stay in contact with them through their whole season and mm -hmm. just offer guidance, support. Um, do you need to chat? How's it going? Right. Check in. Here's a clip of something that went well, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so we have a great relationship when they come back in the off season and I can really push them in areas. And I always state before we start our off season training is you're not going to be 10 out of 10. Right. I am not going to train you so that you walk away feeling good. Mm -hmm. That's not what our off-season training sessions look like. Our off-season training sessions are hard, and I'm going to expose you, and I'm right. going to put you in a situation that you're not comfortable in, and you're going to get better. You're going to learn. You're going to grow, and it's, you're not going to feel 100% so every day. You're really just attacking their weaknesses, and, and no pro, because obviously they're not the pros. They don't they don't want to work on their weaknesses, right? They just want to do no, the they thing. Do. Yeah, they do. They oh, do. Oh, really interesting. They do. We've, it, yeah. we've been working a lot on um, – protecting transition from protect the goal area to protect the goal okay so crosses and right, reactions right. from crosses and um i did a, a research study of the 2021 season and it was something about like over 35 percent of goals came from wide areas served in to right. the to the central areas and so it's a massive part of the game right. and something that female goalkeepers kind of struggle with mm -hmm. because they have hard time diving up. Right. So we've been working on that all off season. And the other day they were getting exposed, exposed, exposed. And, and I was like, do you guys have feedback? Do you like this? And they're like, let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing <laughs> let's it. Let's get better. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is interesting. Yeah. So how, how, how do you go about, again, you know, you work with such a high level. What is the, what is their training schedule like first off other than just coming in with you do you do anything with them outside of training because obviously you know being a pro is a full-time job so you're working you know 24 hours a day so it's like mm -hmm. you know 
give us an insight, I guess, if you will, of like kind of what their day goes beyond just the training. Yeah, so we train three times a week as a group, and sometimes they'll be thrown in with like some individual sessions as well. So minimum three times, probably maybe max five times per week um, that they train. but they all have their own strength and conditioning brackets that they right. do on their own. They all do their conditioning on their own, plyo, whatever they right. need to do. They do that on their own. Sometimes I send them clips um, mm-hmm. of film in like our group message back and forth. Um, and then with players like Kaylin or even Michelle Betos, like here's a little bit of a review from your season. So mm. here are areas that you did really well in. Here are some areas that you can continue to improve. Gotcha. Um, and then we kind of... I ask, like, what do yeah. you think? Right. Is, do you think that, that you could improve here? Did mm-hmm. this feel good? Do you f- let's review what we worked on last season and right. see how that impacted you in this season. So it's more of a conversation. Right. Because I don't know everything. Right. And right. I don't know how they feel. Do you, now do you talk to their head coaches or their goalkeeper coaches? Because I know, like, for instance, for football, it's like the same thing. These guys have their own strength and conditioning guys. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the Tom Brady scandal from a couple of years ago. <laughs> I've been watching Man in the Arena, so it just reminded me, you yeah. know, um, there's that whole there's the whole uh, scenario with his trainer wasn't allowed, on, you know, in the locker room anymore because his style of training is just very different. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, do you work with the coaches to make sure that we're on the same page or do you kind of just take what you see? and talk to them about it um i guess a little bit of both so kaylin and michelle are both changing clubs this year Mm -hmm. in the off season so that was a little bit different um i do typically talk to like every nwsl goalkeeper coach just because i like (laughs) their colleagues and i like what they think about the position and and how they train and hear their methods but um no i just kind of here are some different things that you could think about Mm -hmm. and if it applies to your team's game model then great if not Mm -hmm. um but i just try to provide a broad experience right. so that if you ever needed to solve something a certain way you could right mm. if you get stuck and you yeah. need another solution you could um but yeah it's just, it's just a different way of thinking yeah and it's interesting too because the the more i kind of keep reading keep hearing things it's it's almost like we need to teach players how to think not necessarily what to do is it teach them how to think and kind of once you can kind of teach them how to think your way i think same thing a lot <laughs> you know teach them the way that you want to think and then that way you know everything becomes habitual on the field and it's more instinctual now or subconscious you know but again they're not thinking about what they're doing because you taught them mm-hmm. where to look and what to see mm-hmm. yeah I think um, if you can start that with younger ages mm-hmm. if you can almost prepare them on how to train instead of like the way we all were raised like maybe technique 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 if you can start them at a younger age by asking a lot more questions then it gets them to start thinking on their own and that's what we ultimately want is autonomous thinkers and i don't need someone to be a carbon copy of who i was as a player for sure i just want you to be aware of certain things on the field so that you can make the best decision given your own strengths and your own weaknesses right you know no i love it so last question i have here is what do you do on a daily basis to kind of improve yourself, improve yourself as a coach? You know, what are like, are you uh, listening to any podcasts, reading any books? You know, what are some things that are instrumental in your development as a coach? Yeah, I, I do a little bit of everything. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I read a lot, mm. like um, not about goalkeeping right, necessarily, just, but teaching. I'm really big sure. on how to become a better teacher. Um, what are be- some books that, that you've enjoyed? Uh, I most recently read uh practice perfect okay 
by Doug Lamoff. Okay. I think he's a, a fantastic teacher and probably one of the biggest influences as me as a coach. Oh, nice. um, he's presenting here. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah, I'm excited today, actually. Yeah. Um, so I read a lot about teaching. I, I try to listen to many podcasts about you know relationships right. and how to be a better coach. Um, but I probably watch more football than anyone. Right. <laughs> I just yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm constantly watching any league in the world, any goalkeeper. Right. How can I take what they're doing and help the goalkeepers that I get to work with? Right. Um, I watch a lot of film of men, women, different styles. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, over the game's the, the best teacher, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, yeah, I just I, – and I like to watch um, holding midfielders six, mm, especially if they're in a single pivot role then because it's very similar to a goalkeeping position. Interesting. Mm. In, in what way? Um, well, typically you're facing one way. Right. You're meant to, quote-unquote, change the point of attack. You're that, that pivot. And same as a goalkeeper, you're that pivot that they can play. It's interesting. Interesting point yeah. of view. Well, Jill, thank you for coming on. And um, – Enjoy your presentation today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Of course.